Welcome to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joe Peterson of Clarify 360. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Elevate the Edge is published bi-weekly. The podcast focuses on helping companies understand what edge computing is, how the market will evolve, and what you need to know to build successful edge computing strategies. Show notes and subscription links can be found at elevatetheedge.com slash episodes. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez, and we're excited to be joined here today with our guest, Bobby Allen. He is a group manager and app modernization at Google. He's also known as a cloud therapist, so I really like that title a lot better. Um, but we're also joined here today with Joe Peterson. Hey, Joe. Hi. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Joe. Hey, Maribel. Thank you for having me on the program. Um, Joe and I are so excited to have Bobby, and we just want to do a shout out to Bobby for being a really good guest because he was already a guest and the recording didn't go very well. So now he's being a guest again. So thank you for that. No um, so, so Bobby, I'm just going to jump right in here, right? So as noted before, just such a cool job title around cloud therapist in your LinkedIn bio. Um, it says that your job is to make sure we keep people and customers first as we use some of the greatest cloud technology in the world to solve real problems. I know that you are an engineer, a former CTO by trade. So how do you think about applying what you know from the past to your current job? Yeah, it's a great question, Maribel. I think that the most important thing um, when I call myself a cloud therapist is I kind of want to throw out a lot of my prior experience to a certain extent because I got to listen first. The last thing I want to do is be arrogant or come off at the smartest person in the room and part of my cloud therapist title is because there's so many big projects, digital transformation, so forth, that might have gone badly. You might have PTSD about all the big projects that happened before I got there. So if you need to lay on the couch and cry and get it out and vent and I need to listen to that to start, that's fine. The reality is also, Maribel, there's a whole lot of stuff that went wrong before I got there and it's not going to go right just because I showed up. So if you get the point from my title that I'm going to at least listen, then that's a good start. And then there are always anecdotes and things that, that I can bring to the table, like doing multi-cloud in 2012, if you can believe that, in, in my first startup, uh, war stories and warts to prove it. And I think the biggest thing that people want to get from me, Maribel, in those conversations is I've seen this movie before. Don't do this. And ultimately, a lot of executives want to know, Bobby, what did I not ask that I should have so I can help them not hit the prior potholes? Isn't that the truth? And I mean, honestly, I think that whole concept of, you know, we, we have some trauma and the struggle is real. Those are both, you know, this is, it's not been an easy journey for a lot of us in cloud and edge and anything we wanted to call anything edge was before we started calling it edge. So it's been an interesting ride. So I'm glad to hear somebody's out there listening. Absolutely. I think that the last thing I'll say, Maribel, is, is I made up my title. I think there are two cloud therapists on all of LinkedIn. And I did that just to be more honest. We're making it up in technology. Let's, let's just be real about it. We're winging it as we go along. So a made up title almost feels more honest when I show up and we're working some, some stuff out on the fly. 
I love that, Bobby. And it is honest. It's authentic, right? Because people need help. I mean, that's the bottom line. They just do. Um, So, you know, I was kind of looking at some of the things that GCP has announced. And back at, you know, Next 21, you guys announced distributed cloud. And that was interesting to me because it allows an organization to run across Google's network edge, their operator edge, uh, or an operator's edge, customer edge, and then their data center. And the truth of the matter is, while many of us aspire to be all cloud, we're hybrid, right? That's the truth. So I got to think that customers are starting to gravitate towards, you know, distributed cloud. What are you seeing in the market? Yeah, we're seeing something very similar, Joe. I think people want flexibility. They don't want to be locked in. They want to have the ability to uh, run workloads where they need to. And sometimes that's different clouds. Sometimes that's on-prem and off-prem. And increasingly that's becoming not just a data center, but the edge. Now the edge might be, and this is this is funny, right? That the definition of edge versus data center has kind of changed over the years. We used to call closets data centers. Now we call that edge, right? And so, you know, that that definition is a little bit odd sometimes, but I guess the whole point about this is we want to get the, the computing power and the abstractions out to where they're closer to where our customers are operating. That might be a drive-through. That might be a grocery store or retail chain or a self-driving car, right? And it's really about getting the compute to where we need the data, where our customers need to interact with it and kind of just really making it uh, locally accessible. So I'll tell you, Mary, but I did a session with my boss in a customer advisory board meeting recently, and I borrowed from an old 90s song. I think it's 90s R&B. I'm dating myself a little bit. We called the session Traveling Without Moving, How to Make Multi and Hybrid Cloud Not Turn into Virtual Insanity. And the reality is people want to run stuff all over the place and really don't have a plan, Joe. They don't have a plan. And so really a lot of what GDC is about is trying to bring a little bit of order to chaos. You need the flexibility to run stuff different places, but let's bring a level of consistency around how you manage those workloads, how you deploy changes, how you do security, how you deploy patches and all. That's really a lot of what GDC is, just extending a lot of the goodness of Google Cloud out to those other places so you have flexibility to do what you need. So you're saying you're not going to get a penalty for traveling is what I'm hearing you say. That's the goal if we do it right, if we plan it out, if we plan it out. So, you know, GDC is interesting. And I know a while back, one of the ways Google was trying to differentiate was on the concept of Anthos and Anthos as something that allowed companies to really sort of abstract the thought a little bit of whether it was here or there or, you know, right once run anywhere. There's, there's just been a lot of talk about how, how we simplify the concept of Mm multi-cloud. So, because it's not, it's not that easy. I mean, to your earlier point, people are just talking about running stuff everywhere. And when you think about that, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a management nightmare, right? So it's a lot of different people, a lot of different clouds, a lot of different tools, including like whatever you had from legacy stuff. So maybe we could spend a few minutes sort of clarifying and talking about some of the long term importance and strategy around Anthos and interoperability, and 
open source platforms and how you actually see that helping the multi-cloud journey and edge? Yeah, so let me, to, to answer your question, Maribel, let me also give some terminology to your audience to try to help this a little bit because we have just, like stuff is just all over the place right now. Right. So we have public cloud and non-public clouds, right? Those are kind of our two big, areas right now. And so you can run workloads in the public cloud on GCP or not on GCP. And so the way this kind of juxtaposes with open source, which Google's a huge contributor to open source is Anthos is for the most part, enterprise hardened versions of a lot of the best stuff that you'd find in open source. A lot of things that we started or contributed to. So Anthos is a level of support and robustness and maturity around those things so that you have a software stack that lets you run with consistency. So you, you can have Anthos that powers things in Google Cloud as well as Anthos that powers things in Amazon and Azure. So for example, you can have one control plane where you can look at running uh, GKE clusters or Google Kubernetes engine clusters in Amazon, for example, or attaching uh, EKS, Amazon's flavor of Kubernetes in our control plane. You can see all of that. So that's on public cloud. Now, off-public cloud is where GDC comes into play, and certain flavors of GDC may be kind of powered by Anthos, right, that software stack. So there are three flavors of GDC. There's GDC Edge, which is going to be kind of like that last mile. Again, the drive-through, uh, the baseball park, the basketball game, the self-driving car. There's GDC V, GDC Virtual. So think of this as kind of Anthos powering what's happening in the data center to give them an experience that's very similar to what they might do in the cloud. Not 100% parity, but a lot of the main pieces are the same. And then there's GDC hosted. Now, let me contrast those a little bit. GDC Edge or GDC E, GDC Virtual or GDC V and GDC hosted. The differences for those are this. Let me kind of unpack that a little bit. GDC Edge is Google hardware plus Anthos, right? So we're supplying hardware at the edge and you're running Anthos on top of it. And it's connected back to our cloud. That's GDCE. GDCV is customer hardware plus Anthos. So you're already running a certain uh, hardware in your data center. You add Anthos on top of that and you get something that's kind of cloud-like with containers and things like that. And then GDC hosted is Google hardware plus Anthos, but it's running the disconnected mode. So if you think about, sometimes people will talk about sovereign clouds or really, really private clouds that are totally disconnected. So Edge, right, it's our hardware plus Anthos, and it's connected, but in those kind of localized environments, like a, like a drive-through, for example. GDC Virtual, Anthos on the customer hardware in the data center, and then GDC Hosted, think walled off, disconnected, not tied back to Google Cloud in any way. Hopefully that helps a little bit with the audience in terms of terminology and how we're doing that. Now, what happens is you can run containers in all of those different places. And Anthos is kind of your consistent substrate for how you manage and deploy and operate those containers in those different locations. That's that's actually helpful to start to give some framework. You know, I think that uh, one of the things that has been very challenging for the companies that I've spoken to is when they hear the messaging from different companies. It's like, we allow you to run multi-cloud. We allow you to run it wherever it is. Uh, but there's always a discussion of what are the tools and mm -hmm. how do we, how do we actually get our employees to 
use the right tools, understand how to use the tools, frankly, sign up to learn another set of tools. There's, you know, that's not without its challenges. And there's a general lack of skill set in the area. So it's, um, you know, I, I think that one of the biggest changes that we see happening now is we're rethinking the concept of what the operating systems of the future will look like. Absolutely. And that's, that's a big shift and a big rethink. But Joe, over to you. And for those who can't see video because this is an audio podcast, you'd be thrilled to see that there's a little adorable fur baby that Joe had. And I'm like really jealous right now. So. Okay. Well, Charlie Cat, who's joined the podcast, is a fan of GCP. So just saying. Okay. <laughs> um, but you're right, Maribel. I want to go right um, to you know, sensitive workloads. And I want to talk a minute about GDC hosted. And because sovereignty is not going away, it's becoming more and more of a thing, right? And I think this is innovative. So I want to understand, Bobby, how does GDC hosted support public sector customers and commercial entities that have strict data residency, security, or privacy requirements and also, it feels like almost like a localized edge play. But I could be reading that wrong. Is it? Yeah. No, you're not wrong about that, Joe. And this is, this is another good place to kind of unpack terminology. So GDC hosted, again, is like totally disconnected. It doesn't phone home to the public cloud. It doesn't phone home to kind of the mothership, if you will. But but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue, Joe, and I've had this conversation with several customers. Everybody that asks for that doesn't need that. And here's why. So when you look at kind of the regular way, like GDC Virtual, for example, right? Anthos on customer hardware, the control plane is in the cloud. But th watch this, Joe. This is where a lot of customers get this wrong. None of the workloads or the data go back to the cloud. Those are all locally resident in the data center is billing and telemetry to go to the public cloud. And so sometimes people don't really need to be disconnected. The lot of the data sovereignty requirements are that my workloads stay in country or stay in the data center. Anthos achieves that. But if you're in a mode where you might be running in a submarine or on an oil rig, right, or in a government building where you literally don't want to have any connectivity to anything outside, that's where GDC hosted really kind of comes into play. It's totally disconnected. And um, Joe, you know me, I've got to bring in a food analogy. Every good <laughs> cloud concept has to have some food analogy. So so I'm in the South. I'm in Charlotte, a.k.a. Silicon South. And there is literally a Chick-fil-A on almost every corner for those who don't know Charlotte. And so I think of GDC as almost like Chick-fil-A sauce. But if you watch what's happened, if you go to Lowe's and Harris Teeter, they have Chick-fil-A that you can buy in the grocery store now. And so GDC is kind of like having Chick-fil-A sauce at home versus having to get it from the store. And so you get kind of a lot of the stuff that you want at the restaurant, but you can enjoy it at home at your own pace, in your own time. That's really a lot of what GDC is trying to do is to give you the spirit of that thing, similar flavor, but disconnected from where you normally might consume. Okay, I got to push on that analogy for just one second. <laughs> it's just because, you know, A, I do like Chick-fil-A and, and B. Um, so when you describe it that way, it sounds like you get a lot of the convenience of what you'd like but maybe it's not exactly the same functionality. So walk me through that, right? Because this, this fits into the category of people want everything, right? They want it to be convenient. They want it to be powerful. 
uh, many times, particularly with software, they want it to be customizable, right? So uh, tell me how, how you work through that as, you know, what's, what are we trading off here, I guess, is what I'm asking. It's a great question, Joe. I'll give you, Maribel, a specific example. So managed services versus cloud native. Okay, so you can run Google's flavor of Kubernetes in many different places, but we have something called autopilot where we manage things like node sizes and elasticity, that won't happen at the edge. That happens only in the cloud because those managed services in some cases only going to happen in our cloud because we're controlling all those different variables, the hardware, the networking, the management of every detail of the workload. So you can spin up Kubernetes clusters on your own, but if you want us to manage those, that has to happen in the cloud. And so sometimes it's a little bit more manual like if, if autopilot were like automatic windows in your car, you still have windows on-prem, but you might have to manually roll those down a little bit. It's still the same functionality, but you might have to put a little bit more of your own muscle into it to get there. And so that's the really the simplest example. And there, there are other features where you don't get all of it, but the management aspect of us doing it for you typically happens more in the cloud than it does on-prem. I remember roll down windows in the car. (laughs) (laughs) For most of my life, we didn't even need a car. So I skipped all that. (laughs) To to continue with that analogy, though, what's interesting is it's not quite that bad. I I probably should have could have done that more justice. Maybe in the cloud, you get the one touch roll down window. And then maybe in the data center, you've got the automatic windows, right? And so there's a little bit of a gap, right, where a lot of the things in the data center may trail what's in the cloud. We're not going to represent replicate everything at the edge and in the private data center that we have in the cloud. But the spirit of it is going to be very similar. So hopefully that makes sense. Is there one thing that if you had to talk, you know, pull pull over an enterprise today and talk to them about their move to the cloud is there something that you tell them that they should do or shouldn't do so that they could avoid pitfalls? Ooh, yes, I would. And it's actually not about technology as much. Uh, the number one thing that I tell so, so there are typically two questions that I ask people. What does better mean to you? And what are we willing and able to change? And what that goes back to is expectations. And I'm a big believer that missed expectations seek more projects than bad code or broken APIs. Most of the times we are hearing things that people didn't say. We're assuming that things are easier than they should be. And it's all about just, you know, as we use a lot of the same terminology, what exactly did you think was going to happen if we went to the cloud or if we adopted Anthos or went to GDC? Setting those expectations is so critical in any relationship, right? Obviously, if you're married or if you're working with people, you got to make sure you're not talking past each other. And Maribel, to your question, some enterprises and providers are talking past each other. And again, that's another reason for cloud therapy. Let's sit down and talk and make sure that we're on the same page about stuff. Well, Bobby, don't you think, too, that there's, for lack of a better word, some missing authenticity in terms of the truth about how long it's going to take to migrate? Oh my goodness, Joe, you nailed that. You nailed that. So I had a pro- had a professor in grad school who used to say the last 10% of a problem will usually take 50% of the time. And a lot of efforts in cloud are easy to get started and infinitely hard to finish to your question. And so, yes, 
it's usually when I talk to customers, I say, you need to bring in a partner because what you're asking for is not going to take months. It's going to take years. And so when you feel like my team is off to pollinate the next flower, if you will, to talk to other accounts and do other things, you need continuity. You need someone who's going to be looking at you where you have a neck to choke two, three, four years out because it often takes that long. I I did another uh, webinar recently, Joe, and someone actually is on a seven year journey and they still have only modernized 60 percent of their workloads after seven years. That's closer to the truth, to your point. I love your authenticity. It's, it's point on as always. Well, I'm going to wrap up the podcast here by asking you to share one fun fact, and it does not have to be technology related. So okay. what is your fun fact? So my fun fact is not tech related. My fun fact is more geography related. So there are two states in the United States where you cannot pump your own gas. And I've actually lived in both of those, if you can believe it. And so while people are pondering at home, play Jeopardy music, insert drum roll, whatever you want to do. Those two states are one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. So one is New Jersey, right? The land of no U-turns also won't let you pump your own gas. New Jersey has jug handles for those who don't know the Northeast. And the other one is Oregon, actually. So New Jersey and Oregon are the two states where you legally cannot pump your own gas. And uh, I remember when we drove out to Oregon from Michigan. And I got out of the car and the guy was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm pumping my gas. He's like, you can't do that here. And I'm like, for someone from the D.C. area who had done grad school in Michigan, I'm like, man, are you trying to hustle me? And it's like, no, in those two states, you literally cannot pump your own gas. They pay people to do that for you. So that's my fun fact. If you're in New Jersey or Oregon, you find yourself in those states, stay in the car, let them pump the gas for you. I love that. I love that. That's why the Real Housewives of New Jersey all have nice nails. I was hoping there was going to be a fun fact about Chick-fil-A. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe so you can easily find us again. Follow us on Twitter at Maribel Lopez and at Digital Cloud Gal and on LinkedIn. Links to our social profiles, show notes, and ways to listen to the podcast can be found at elevatetheedge.com.